And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The U, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, surge, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, the surge. It's a cane thing when we walk through, with the U ain't no bark, dude, straight dog when we bring the fight, ain't scared of no bright lights. First of all, guys, thanks for coming uh, to the live room chat tonight. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, jumping on board. I know that obviously there's a lot of anxiety over what's going to happen with Miami football and the athletic director position. Um, obviously, I know there's been a lot of reports out there, speculation. Um, you know, I did a podcast earlier today with Carlos Lelo of the uh, MIA All Day podcast. And if you guys got a chance to check it out, uh, the Wide Right Pod. But essentially, you know, I talked to somebody in the administration this morning in the aftermath of uh, sort of the Eddie Nunez news that he had pulled out of the um, athletic director uh, race. And, um, you know, the one thing I'll tell you guys is I, I try to vet my information as much as possible before I come out with anything. And what basically what I gathered was that, you know, he certainly was one of the candidates. They've, they've tried to keep the names of all the candidates quiet um, out of respect for those guys and their other jobs. Um, but, you know, he, he was one of the finalists. I think we're getting closer to a decision here with the athletic director position. They've done a, a thorough job interviewing people, um, names that, that haven't really been um, confirmed as candidates, but I was told that there's there's a star-studded list of uh, ads, uh, is what I was told. So um, I'm hoping that there'll be a resolution here next week. Um, that's what I was told anyway that they'd have an ad in place probably sometime next week. Um, I know most of you obviously care about the head coaching position more than that. Uh, with with the situation with Manny Diaz and the struggles that the team has had, um, I was told a couple times in the last couple of days that early next week would be the latest. Uh, most likely Monday. So the way I view the whole situation essentially is that, you know, they're going to go after uh, Mario Cristobal on Friday after he's done coaching in the Pac-12 championship game. And essentially um, if Mario uh, wants the job, it's his, if it's, if it's not Mario um, and he says no, then I think it's more likely than not that, that Manny Diaz comes back as coach next year. So I know some people have questions about Lane Kiffin. Um, and, and would he be in the running? Uh, some surprising moves in college football, certainly in the last week. Um, you know, with what happened at, at Oklahoma and USC and uh, Notre Dame and LSU. So you never know. But, um, you know, that's basically where we're at. Um, and I, I want to be able to take questions from you guys. If you just want to talk Canes football, if you want to talk college football in general, I'm here to uh, to answer questions. So uh, Mike Zimmerman, who's my producer for Wide Right, is here. And he'll yep. uh, welcome you guys. Yep. All right, guys, so we, uh, we're going to welcome in Raul C., who has a question. If you have a question, please uh, request to hop on stage, and we will hopefully try to get all of you. Um, so our first one is Raul C. Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. Hey, what's going on, Raul? Hey, nothing much. Let, let's, I, I just wanted to make it real brief. Um, you mentioned Friday night would be the night that we'd have a bit of a better idea based on the conclusion of that game. Um, but how fair is it to have – Coach Diaz waiting to see if one guy wants the job. I mean, are we at that stage where it comes down to one man and one man only? If not, we stay with him, even without having any leadership at this point, specifically an athletic director? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's just the way that it's trending right now. Um, you know, I think they've, they've obviously been doing their due diligence, uh, I think, since, since uh, Blake James was fired, you know, as far as looking into – potential replacements um you know obviously that was a situation with with brian kelly and um you know everything that happened with lincoln riley right i mean those those were sort of abrupt surprising moves well there's a lot of negotiation obviously that goes on behind the scenes so i i just think with with cristobal i think he, he's been wanting to coach through the pac-12 championship game before really entertaining you know leaving or any of those type of things so that's well, how far-fetched is that mandy when 
how 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 is he or anybody else gonna come accept a job or talk about a job when he doesn't know who his boss is gonna be? Right. I mean, well, that's unheard of, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, certainly, we're in a, we're in a very weird situation. I mean, look, Manny Diaz is still technically the coach of the Miami Hurricanes, right? Um, how often yep. does this sort of thing happen behind the scenes? So, look, college football is, is changing in a lot of ways. Uh, there's not many coaches who would put up with this the way Manny Diaz has. Um, ultimately, I, it's, I would believe that whatever conversations are having behind the scenes with with Mario Cristobal. He or his agent has to know who Miami is really talking to as far as athletic director, and they have to be on board because you wouldn't put together a marriage unless that potential athletic director and coach are on the same page. So to me, yes, I think all of that stuff is probably happening behind the scenes, um, which is the way it should be. You know, the public's not supposed to know what's going on. No, that's that's the way it's supposed to operate. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just find it hard that, that he would ever entertain, Mario would entertain anything without knowing who his boss is going to be. I mean, that just doesn't make sense, uh, you know, unless it's all understood behind closed doors, which it probably is. But that's still something that, uh, I don't know, strange times, strange practices. Thanks, Manny. No problem. Armando, why? Let's see. We'll wait to see if Armando hops in. Armando, you there? Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, so my question is, I feel like with Manny, the last three years, we've underwhelmed in a lot of um, close games. I know we won the two against the ranked teams this year, but let's say we do upgrade to Mario or Lane or somebody else. What can we expect realistically? I know it's all those hires would be for the future, but next year with a lot of talent coming back, especially with a really um, awesome young quarterback, what can be our expectation for the next next year if we do upgrade well, I mean, first of all, you know, you got to look at the schedule, and you know, I think Clemson and, and Texas A&M are among the uh, the two tougher games on the schedule right off the bat, right? Um, beyond that, uh, you look at the rest of the ACC and the fact that so many teams are losing quality quarterbacks, um, especially in the division, right? Sam Howell's going to go pro. Um, you, you have uh, Sam Hartman and Wake Forest probably gone after this year as well. I think. Uh, We'll go around, NC State's losing Devin Leary. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are losing QBs in the conference overall, and Miami's going to bring back one of the best in the country, obviously in the ACC Rookie of the Year, Tyler Van Dyke. And, uh, you know, I, I think talent-wise, they have one of the more talented teams coming back on paper. But we also know, right, that that has meant little in the past. There's been teams that have just, you know, you, you have high expectations for, especially this last one with the Eric King and the 14th-ranked team in the preseason, um, and they underwhelmed. So, I'll just say on paper, I think Miami Miami's prospects for next season look really, really good. I think most of the talent in the ACC that's coming back, uh, as far as the rest of the conference, is on the defensive side of the ball. So I think offensively, Miami very well could have the, the best uh, best offense in the conference. Thanks so much, Armando. We are going to go to Connor C. now. Hey, man, can you hear me? Yep, yep. we can hear you. How you doing, Connor? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good. How are you? Good. Um, my question is, so I understood it that we'd hire the AD first, which is the logical um, way to go about it. You know, you fire your AD three weeks ago, and then you hire a new one before you hire a coach. Now I'm hearing that they might hire the coach before the AD. So what what has changed there? Is there anything that you know in the process? No, I mean, I, I just think, you know, Miami's trying to do a thorough job with its athletic director search. And, you know, ultimately, um, they've interviewed a lot of people already. And I know that they're sort of in that next phase where they're narrowing it down. They still haven't, you know, as of this morning, anyway, the last time I spoke to somebody who's actually in the selection process involved in it, it's a very small group of people. Um, I know that they hadn't selected the person yet. The hope was to have that person in place. But essentially, um, it may take until the beginning of next week or, or the middle of next week to finalize it just because of, um, you know, that person and, and them closing out whatever it is they have to do with their jobs and so forth. Um, but I, as I said earlier at the top of this uh, conversation, you know, I'm pretty sure that if um, Mario Cristobal is going to take the job on Friday, he has to have a good idea of who the athletic director is and, and be willing to to want to work with that person. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks, Manny. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Matt R. now. Let's see. Matt, you there? Hey, guys. Thanks for doing this, Manny. 
No problem, man. Thanks for uh, coming and joining. I'm, I'm, I'm curious real quick. Um, have we considered that this could be a daily double from Oregon, that it's Rob Mullins and Cristobal together? Could always be, uh, you know, it could always be something like that. You never, you never really know. I mean, I, I'm honest with you guys. Like, I, as much as I've been able to get good information from the people involved in this search, getting names out of them um, has been a very, very difficult job. I think, um, you know, Eddie Nunez's name sort of came about. Everybody knew about it at a certain point, and and so it was sort of it had to be addressed head on. And and so when I reported what I reported last night, it was because it was addressed head on. Um, but a lot of the other guys um, that are in the running, you know, I can't confirm through through the administration because they're, they're trying to keep this this quiet out of respect for those guys and the jobs that they're in. So but it very well could be. I mean, it could very well be a, a package deal or somebody else that that Mario knows that's at another school or somebody that he's worked with in the past. Um, ultimately, um, I, I, look, I, I think Miami's trying to do the best job it can. I, I think the guys that are heading this search they're really good at their jobs in, in other fields. Obviously, this is sports, <laughs> but, um, you know, and this is sort of their first venture in there. But I do think that they're doing a good job. Unfortunately, it's just kind of been a circus from the outside. A lot of people who were sort of cut out of the process, I think, have been saying things to the public or to the media and saying things and trying to push their own narratives. And so it's, it's caused a lot of uh, confusion. But behind the scenes, I think, um, you know, the people that are running this, this search um, and potentially, you know, pushing for Mario. I think I think they're doing it right. Yeah, and I'm yeah. curious. You mentioned sort of the noise from the outside, and today we see this report from, I think McMurphy maybe had it first about, you know, ads sources of his around the nation call the process quote unquote a mess. Mm-hmm. And for you, somebody who's on this beat every single day and really has close connections to those who are involved in the process. I think I heard you just chuckle. Like when you read something like that, do you just chuckle or is this like Miami's always the easy target? Well, what's your reaction when you see something like that? Well, I, I just think it's it's an unfortunate situation. There's been so many leaks out of Miami for so long, so many people involved in the process. And, and what I think Julio Frank and his guys have done is pushed a lot of people out of the way that used to be involved. And so I think a lot of those people are the ones that are talking or, or pushing certain narratives and, um, you know, I don't I don't think that's reality. I think behind the scenes, um, you know, from talking people close to Eddie Nunez you know, the reason he pulled out of the job essentially was was because he just didn't like some of the setup behind the scenes and some of the some of the things that they've been talking about as far as a football czar, you know, which I which I talked about on the podcast today, that it's very hard for these athletic directors to that are, that are sort of up and coming in their careers to say, well, we'll just let somebody else handle football. Um, you know, like an Alonzo Heisman or something else. So I think those those kind of things become uh, an issue. But I but I think overall, um, you know, from talking to different people who uh, are have been a part of this process, I think they feel like they're doing a good job, and I think the search firm is helping them do a good job. Good stuff. Good stuff. No problem. All right, let's try and go back to Cam. Let's see if Cam B is uh, is back in. Hey, Cam, are you there? Definitely back on. All right. Uh, my question is basically centered around the question he just asked. Why Why aren't they, those people that they did push out of the way, that are pushing these false narratives, why isn't it more of a push like to get guys like, they? I, I've heard they say Dave Epstein is pushing narratives. Why isn't there a move to get guys like that out of the program? Well, I mean, you, you got to understand something. Miami, for a long time, has always been run um, by a close-knit group, right? It's been the Miami family. And I think people like Epstein and other people who were board of trustee members, you know, they, they, they've all served roles for, for many, many years. And I think now what's happened is the president's office has taken over, right? And they have a different objective than some of those people do. And they're just like, listen, we're, we're going about the process without you in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there are a couple of board of, tra- board of trustee members that are involved in this, but it's a very small group compared to what it used to be. So and look, I don't know that it's specifically Epstein or anybody who's pushing those narratives. I can't I don't want to sit here and accuse people because I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the ones that are actually involved in it. Mm-hmm. But I but I just yeah, know that. Yeah. That I just know that there's a lot of stories that come out of this that are false or untrue, and it's 
it's just like, well, where's it coming from? Well, it's coming from people who used to talk to people involved in the process who are no longer involved in that process. And is is Alonzo not a prime candidate anymore? I, I really thought he would be a perfect hire for the job. Well, the one thing you got to understand about Alonzo is just, you know, he's he's not a school administrator. He's he's an NFL personnel man. Like that's who he is at his heart. That's what he's that's what he's done for all these years. And so, you know, I think when they were trying to create that job for Alonzo a couple years ago, it was to help Manny Diaz. And now I think while they they'd still want to get him involved, I think most athletic directors and football coaches don't necessarily need a guy like Alonzo to, to do what, what they were going to necessarily have him do for Manny Diaz. Um, and so I, I, I think that's that's where, you know, the language of the title, the language of the responsibilities is all important. I know I think we've all sort of talked about it like, oh, it's going to be a football czar. Well, is it really? You know, we don't know. I don't, I don't know specifically what role they've talked to him about. Um, but I, I know this from, from, from talking to Alonzo for many years. He's very passionate about the program. He wants to help it win. And so um, you know, we'll see we'll see what roles Miami creates for him or Gino or any of the other guys that, that, that want to be involved with the program. I know that they want to involve the alumni more. And, you know, the people in the president's office want to want to fix that relationship. Okay, and one last question. Do you feel like, like because personally, I feel like Manny, the way he's taking this is, is very respectful. He's, he's handling great. So do you feel like they should keep Manny in some capacity, maybe as defense coordinator, maybe as some type of defensive coach? Yeah, I don't – you know, it would be really weird. I've never seen a coach get demoted from head coach to coordinator or assistant. You know, in this case, Manny – you know, he was hired to be the head coach, and I just – I don't think there's any any sort of situation where he ends up as, you know, defensive coordinator at Miami. It would just be too awkward, too weird. Um, you know, he wants to be a head coach, and I honestly think he deserves to be a head coach somewhere. I know everybody's down on him, but I, I said it when he was hired. I said this – I even said it to Manny himself one time when we were having a conversation that I thought the University of Miami needed somebody with more head coaching experience and that it, it, it isn't good for – a rookie head coach to come in here to deal with everything that they have to deal with here, you know, especially the matter. No, it it needs to be a more experienced head coach. And if you look at what's happened the last 20 years, who had the best season? It was Mark Rick. The most experienced coach. Yeah. So I just think, you know, that's what it's going to take to win here. And that's why I think right now Mario is the better option because he's, he's cut his teeth somewhere else. He's, he's, he's learned to run a program all on his own and to have success and win conference championships. And so, uh, to me, you know, I think that's what makes sense. But I got to give Manny credit. He's learned He's learned on the job, he's, and, he's, and he's not been stubborn. We saw Al Golden be stubborn, right, with his defense, and he wasn't going to change coordinator no matter what. I think Manny at least, he tries new things, and I think that's that could make him a successful coach down the road if he can get it right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, why do you feel like Lane Kiffin wouldn't be as good as Mario? He's coaching the SEC. He's turned Ole Miss around. Why not? You know, I, it's not that I don't think he wouldn't be a good coach here. I just I, when I when I say that I don't think he's he's in consideration, it's just because it seems to me like everything from a timing perspective is building up around Mario. Like if, if they're telling me they're going to have this thing resolved by Monday, then it, to me, it's almost like and, and you still haven't fired Manny Diaz. It's almost like, OK, as soon as you get the no from somebody else, that's why you would stick with Manny. It just it just the way the timing of it all you know, uh, pans out. But look, we could be surprised. Who knows? Maybe Sunday Mario, you know, tells him no, and all of a sudden it's Lane Kiffin. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah. I, I just yeah. think I just think the way it looks visually, optically, it looks like that's the scenario. Definitely. Thank you for yeah. having me on, man. No problem, man. All right. Uh, let's go to Raphael. Yes. Raphael, Good evening. Good evening, Manny. How are you? Good, Raphael. How are you? I'm doing well. I have a, a just a question. Um, is is a possible scenario of the university hiring kind of like the uh, a weak ID, a weak AD uh, system instead of a you know a strong AD system? So like our our, my, our city of Miami government and our Dade County government, and then within that system, you know, bring in for the football program. You know, bring in a Gino and maybe an Alonzo with them, and uh, you know, and the AD's responsibility would be the rest of the programs, the fundraising, whatever has to, else has to be done, 
Uh, but there has to be a chain of command, obviously. But is, is that a potential possibility? I mean, I, I think I think it could be. I mean, look, both of those guys were, were they had conversations with them. I know everybody's just said it's they've been interviews. Um, I don't know that it was specifically for athletic director. I mean, I know that they've talked to different people for different reasons, just to get input. You know, they're yeah. they're they're talking to former players and people around college football to figure out well, what's the best format to use. You know, yeah, what, because, what do you think yeah. work here? So yeah, I, mean, I think it's all yeah. fluid. In all, yeah, because in all honesty, you know, I don't think having Gino Toretta come in as AD is a great idea because I I. I would imagine that running a whole athletic department um, of of the size of of uh, UMs is you know you need experience in that, but mm-hmm. you know but if you bring in an AD that is you know made very clear, listen, your job is basically administrative and oversee all of these other sports, and we are creating a team you know to you know rebuild our our legacy. Um, you know, first of all, you know, would an AD accept something like that? You know, that's uh, because I think it's just going to be it's going to be difficult to bring on you know Crystal, you know Mario, uh, without him knowing who the AD is, because you know there there needs to be as le- as least amount of friction as possible between your coach and your AD. And if Correct. you put the buffer, if you place the, if you place the buffers of Alonso or Gio, and everything is transparent from the get go, you know that could be the solution that all all of us that grew up you know with the Canes in the eighties, you know, would work. Right. I, I I mean I think it's a very fluid situation. I will tell you that my impression from my conversation this morning when I was told that they have a couple of what they feel superstar candidates from an athletic director position makes me feel like these are, these are people that are um, experienced athletic directors. So it would have to include them accepting, you know, Gino and, and Alonzo being, I think in, in some sort of a role. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it takes a special person to, especially an experienced person to accept those kind of things because. Yeah. You know, do you think it would be a deal breaker for a, a- Let's say a superstar AD, a great AD like a Sam Jankovic that we had, or a Paul D. Like, you know, would right. it be a would it be a deal breaker for for them? You know, it, it uh, might it uh, might it might be because think about it. Football is what is the star-studded sport here, right? Uh, that's that's the one with all the history in the championships. Really, I mean, I know baseball obviously has their own success, but I, I think it would you know football is why a lot of these guys would be interested in this job, being able to. To yeah. be in charge of yeah. football. So again, that's why I'm saying I, I don't know that any position per se is, uh, you know, football czar or, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know what how how those people could potentially have a role. But there's there's a way that I think they could carve out a role. It just depends. You know, we'll have no. to see where no. that, where that power structure lies. It's just no. we're just no. speculating right now, right? Yeah. We're just talking yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. And the, the first thing they got to do is just allow the, allow the old players back on the field. You know, that's I. Th- I think that causes a lot of unnecessary animosity, and you know, um, because I think the the ex players, the ones that you know, we always say, you know, are you know, the you, the swagger, you know, when, when we were just kicking ass, you know, um, yeah. they've been cut off. You know, they can't be on the field. I remember them being on the field all the time. So I understand and, the and- thing. Yeah. Hello? And Rafael, a lot, a lot of that, a lot of that had to do with what happened with Nevin Shapiro and the school yeah, getting exactly, in trouble, exactly. and and you know yeah. just, and and I don't think they ever felt comfortable again, which you know I understand, um, you know, but at the same time too, I agree with you. I think that's something I know. Calvin Harris has been on with him many times. I know that he's fighting for that behind the scenes, and so is Melvin Bryden and a lot of the other guys, well, and they and, and they, also, they want and also, and also with NIL. I mean, that it's not a big, it should not be a big deal anymore. You know, if if the kids are already, you know, able to make money off the name, image, and likeness, um, you know, w- you know, what possible excuse could they, you know, could they be given of you know, having players on the field? Is you know, because I know it was tied to Shapiro, so it's ridiculous. And I have a lot of old UM football player f- friends, and you know, and it rankles them. You know, it bothers them. Yep. You know, no doubt, no doubt. You're absolutely right. You know, and yeah, I know. Yeah. Attending that Canes for Life event, that roundtable, um, a couple Fridays ago, 
uh, I can tell you that uh, you know they all they all want to be involved. So thanks for your thanks for your questions. All right, let's go to Javi. Let's see, Javi, are you there? Hey guys, can you hear me? Yep. yep. Hey, how you doing, yep. Javi? Awesome. Hey, Manny. First of all, I know you're a former Miami Herald reporter, but I think that we all want to really thank you for all of the work that you've done here these last few months. Um, you know, I think that this place has been run a certain way for the past 20 years, and there was change that was needed. A lot of us knew that years ago. And if it weren't for the work of uh, people like you and some of the other fan sites, I don't think that the pressure would have built up to what it's gotten to, where we're finally seeing change. We're finally seeing resources put into the program. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of relationships and things that I know were at stake that the maybe the local paper was hesitant to cover. But people like you were able to push the envelope and really um, expose some of the shortcomings of this program. And I think we've seen change and uh, not just you, but the folks in the president's office at the university also deserve a lot of credit. I know they're facing a lot of uh, a lot of crap uh, with some of the national reporters uh, because of some of the hidden agendas that people who've been p- pushed out of the way now have. But um, I- I've never been more optimistic about the future of this program. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you for all the work you've done to push that along. I guess my question for you is uh, who do you think will be coaching the University of Miami in 2020? <laughs> yeah, I, I got asked the same question on the on the last Twitter space last night, and it's really hard for me to know, man, because part of my part of my instincts tells me, you know, Mario has everything that he needs at Oregon, um, and you know he, he he's got. Phil Knight, he's got the financial support back over there. Um, you know, he's got private jets to go recruiting. Um, he's in a good position to win the Pac-12 every year, even even with Lincoln Riley going over there to USC. Um, and he's in a good job, and he's earned it. That's something he's built. It's hard for people to leave something that they've built. Um, but at the same time, too, I know how much coming home and being the hero and helping Savior University is also, you know, sort of attractive to do. So I think it all depends on the pitch that Miami ultimately puts out there and, and what they're able to really communicate and convince them that they're going to do. And so to answer your question, I really have no clue, but I will give you an answer. I think, okay. I think Mario will go 22. Okay, that's that's great. And then I guess one other thing that I'd love for you to uh, to touch upon is this is the complete opposite of what we saw in December of 2018. The university has taken a completely opposite approach. Quite honestly, the way that whole coaching search went down when Mark Rick retired, and by the way, he gave the university a gift because they didn't have to pay him a dollar of his buyout. Uh, right. They would have fired him, uh, which, which doesn't get a lot of attention, but I think it's critical because it saved the university a lot of money. That, that, the way that whole search went down was, you know, if you talk to – Athletic directors and coaches, I mean, it's, it's really unheard of to, to hire a coach within essentially 12 hours. It was a complete joke. Um, and, yeah. here, and here we are, complete opposite. It looks like, you know, the university and its leadership is really taking its time to evaluate who the candidates are, make sure the structure is in place to set up the new athletic director and potentially new coach uh, for success. Can you touch upon that a little bit more sort of? some of the learnings that maybe some of these individuals had with the way the search went down in 2018 and how they've learned from that and, and the approach they're taking now and kind of doing mm-hmm. a top-down, complete evaluation of the athletic department. And- yeah. Um, yeah, I think without question, you know, this is obviously different this time around. And, and obviously Julio Frank getting uh, his guys involved early in the process, you know, and putting out that statement when Miami was got off to that terrible start in the first half of the season. Um, I think it gave those guys an opportunity to really begin asking questions and spend, you know, the bulk of the season trying to make things better. So I think from that perspective, and, and certainly, you know, the push that Kirk Herbstreit made on national television, I think that resonated in the president's room. Made it feel like, okay, I can't just sit here on my hands like a lot of other presidents have done in the past and just say, okay, football is football. So I think those guys do deserve credit. And, and you know, certainly saying coming out and saying that they're going to spend money, which is something the university really hasn't done before. They've kind of let the athletic department, um, you know, 
feed feed the football team and, and you know pledging money and so forth to, to get things right. So yeah, I mean that's that those are all positive changes that I think a lot of fans have been clamoring for for years and, and I think that the administration deserves credit for that. Now they're gonna have to deliver though, right? They're gonna have to get Mario to come here or, or they're gonna have to, you know, get uh, a really good athletic director with the promise that if Manny doesn't come back next year and win, um, you know, and they surround them with, with good coordinators and good assistants, they don't do all those things, then I don't think the public's going to feel like they really came through on anything. So uh, to me, um, it, it, you've talked a big game up till now. Let's see them deliver. All right, let's go to Kareem. Let's see if Kareem hops on. Hey, Kareem, you there? Kareem, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yep, we can hear you, Kareem. All right, perfect. Uh, So it seems like a lot of the conversations have kind of been centered around, you know, it's either Mario and maybe possibly Lane Kiffin, right? Let's say we get to this weekend and both of them say no or it's not an option, right? And we keep hearing in that scenario, we probably bring – Manny bag. So I got two questions. One is rhetorical. You don't even need to answer it, but then I really want to answer to the second one. The first rhetorical question is, does the leadership believe there's no other coach in America that could be better than Manny Diaz? That's a rhetorical question. I'm not going to ask you to answer that. But the second one is, if he, say, if he comes back, are they really prepared for the PR nightmare that will follow if they announce Manny Diaz is coming back? <laughs> I don't think anybody's prepared for that, Kareem. But I will say this. Um, there's been other Miami coaches who the fan base has wanted fired. They came back the next year, and fans still showed up to games. So while I understand there's a lot of uh, frustration on the fans' part, and, and well well earned, right, 18 years of this, 19 years of this, um, I do think that right now people talk a big game about, I'm not going to renew tickets, I'm not going to come back. We've seen it before. Fans come back. And especially for this team with Tyler Van Dyke and some of the young star players, I get it. There's going to be a lot of frustration if Manny Diaz comes back. But I think come come August, uh, people are going to want to know how the Canes are going to do. And they're going to want to know how that new offensive coordinator is going to do. And they're going to want to know how that new defensive coordinator is going to do. And I think, you know, I think fans will will care and I think they will come back. Um, They won't be happy. You know, there'll be planes flying overhead the moment Manny loses his first game. But I think um, I think without question, you know, Miami fans, as much as they are vocal about their displeasure of the program, I also think that it's just hard to get them not to show up and care because they're, they're, the passion that they have is really, really strong. Thanks so much, Kareem. Appreciate that. We're going to go to Philip now. Let's see if Philip is happening. Philip, you there? I'm there. I'm here. Thank you. What's going on, Philip? Nothing much. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, Kareem kind of stole a lot of the thunder, but I do have a question. If the Mario deal does fall through and people really don't want Lane Kiffin, what AD is going to want to come in and have Manny next year as kind of a lame duck season where they got to go out and get money and get donations and things like that. Um, And if it's a strong AD, are they really going to, are we really going to get a strong AD? Because they're going to say, wait a second, I can go find five coaches that I think can come here and do a better job than Manny. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends on who that AD is. And, um, you know, ultimately look, this job's attractive to, to people in, in sports. It's a power five athletic director job. There's going to be people who are going to come in and, and, and want to make changes. Um, but I can tell you there's also been athletic director changes at other schools, at power five schools. And even with the fan base wanting to fire a football coach, you know, USC being one example, Nebraska being another, they gave those coaches a season before they made any changes. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think from the outside perspective, you're right. Like, who, what, what AD would want a situation like that where they have to take Manny Diaz another year, especially if they want to get rid of him. But I think, you know, all of that is part of this process and the interview process that the school is having. Um, maybe those athletic directors 
think that they could bring a coach with them or can or, or, or bring another coach from another part of the country to come here and do it. I, those are all things we don't have answers to because so much of the, the athletic director candidates, uh, to me, it, it's quiet and behind the scenes. And we really don't know, you know, what conversations are being had, um, you know. So I, I think uh, from, from Miami's perspective, again, what, what I've been told by, by people in the president's office and people who work for him that are really conducting this, that they have a good pool of candidates that they have and that, you know, they're going to spend money. They're going to they're going to throw money at this to try to get things to improve. All right. Thank you. No problem. All right. Let's go to Peter. Is Peter there? Hey, Peter, you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. So, so my question is, if uh, Diaz is back next year for whatever reason, how do we get a top-flight offensive and defensive coordinator to show up for possibly one year, as Diaz is mm-hmm. going to have a short leash? Yep, I've gotten this lame, the lame duck coach question quite a bit <laughs> on these Twitter spaces, so not surprised it comes up again. Um, look, I, I think part of this is you got to understand there's only so many coordinator jobs, especially at Power 5 schools, that become available. And I think from an offensive perspective, knowing the players that are here, the Tyler Van Dykes and, and all the weapons that he has to work with next year, I think there's quite a few uh, offensive minds who may not be in a good situation at their school or maybe looking for a job. They're at, they're serving as an analyst right now at another at another program that would want to jump on that. Even with you know a potential situation where Manny Diaz would be fired at the end of next season or the middle of the next season. So I while while it's a valid question and certainly a valid concern, I also know from from doing this for a long time, a lot of these coaches, man, they're mercenaries, and they they are, they would go take a job. A lot of them would go take a job knowing that this may not be a very long thing, especially the older ones, the ones that have been around the block quite a bit. Um, you know, they, they understand the game and, and what it takes. And some guys may need a year of, of, of Tyler Van Dyke, you know, of, of having a lot of success to get themselves a better job, you know, as a springboard. Red Lashley came here essentially wanting to use the University of Miami to get himself a head coaching job. And that's exactly what happened. It just took him two years. So I think Manny Diaz... Well, well, I think I feel... Lashley was a top-tier offensive coordinator. I'm not sure that we would be in line for another top-tier with this situation. With that situation, maybe so. Um, but I, I know. I mean, I've already spoken to a couple of different coaches um, at Group of Five schools that I know would very much love to be the offensive coordinator at Miami. And and you know maybe they're and think about it. Right, Lashley was at a Group of Five school, right? He was at SMU, so. Um, there's guys that have had some success that I think would take this job um, if it were to open up and Manny were to stay on. Um, you know, defensive coordinator will be a very interesting scenario because personally, I think if Manny comes back, I think they're going to make him hire a defensive coordinator. I can't see them just letting him keep things status quo. All right. Thanks so much, Peter. Let's go to Hassan. Hello, Manny. Thanks hey. for the content. Appreciate hey, it. Um, I just had a um, thought. Um, uh, what would you think if they hired, if Manny stays, that offensive corner? I think you did a podcast with him, the App State mm-hmm. uh, OC, I think, Ponce or something. Frank Ponce, Miami guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you think of him as like a possible candidate? or? Uh, yeah, I mean – Certainly, certainly has a guy with Miami roots, a guy who I think's done a good job. He's been at Louisville before, um, with with Satterfield and, and coached at Power Five programs. He was with Mario Cristobal at FIU as receivers coach. I think he'd be a good candidate. Um, you know, he's had success this year at App State with with that offense. He's made Chase Bryce, uh, their quarterback, a better quarterback this year than he ever was at Duke. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good that's a good name. I think there's others out there. Um, that 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 could potentially run, you know, a very similar offense to what Rhett Lashley has done here. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Keep up no the great work. Thanks. Thanks, Hassan. Thank you. All right, guys. Don't forget, if you are a subscriber, you can request to ask Manny a question. Um, if you're not a subscriber, go to theathletic.com/slash/wide-right for 33% off a uh, an annual subscription. Um, Manny, I got a question for you. Um, why, why is it that we see so many different factions 
anytime there's a coaching search or it's, it almost seems like it becomes political with anything Miami. Why are there so many different sides that always seem to, you know, stick their hands in the cookie jar? How come, how come, how come there is no clear, um, you know, line for, for any of this stuff? Well, I think that's what Herb Street was talking about, right, on ESPN, that there needs to be sort of a, a symmetry between the athletic director, the coach, and the school president. I think I think what happens is when you when you have a school like Miami that hasn't spent a ton of money on football, and somebody comes along and says, "I'm going to give money," or "I'm going to I'm going to try to help lift the program up," suddenly they move to the front of the line as far as you know who, who's willing to listen to them, and in this case. You know, you don't have an athletic director. You have different people with money who all of a sudden say that they're going to contribute uh, to push, you know, for, for the person that they want in charge. And so that's why you have so many different factions, because when it comes to Miami being a private school and having not um, spent much money on football before, all of a sudden that's that's a driving force. And as much as Miami's administration says that they're going to spend money on their own, um, I, I don't think they're going to turn around and ignore uh you know, private people who are going to donate money to the school to, to, to help things out. So I think that's, that's why you see the factions. It always comes down to money and influence. Got it. All right. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando's hopping in. Hey, Manny, how are you guys hear me? Yep. We can hear you, Fernando. How are you? All right. Great. And I just want to mention that I do think what you're talking about, about uh, the game on Friday um, the deciding factor of like if we're going to move forward and trying to offer Mario and if he says yes or no, I do think that's like on point. It, it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, maybe there's an AD like in waiting for if he says yes and they tell Mario this is the AD and they hire them together. I don't know. I'm just thinking out the box, but that kind of sounds like something that may happen. But this whole thing about like if, you know, we stick with uh, Manny Diaz, uh, I would like to know, like, what type of changes do you think they'll force on him? Um, I think he has a two-year contract left or two years on his contract left. Excuse me. Do you think they, like, follow through with that, see what they get with him? Um, or, like, do you think maybe they go after someone like Luke Fickle or something like that? Just want to know maybe those two things. Like, what changes do you think they'll force upon Manny Diaz to make if they ride out with him? And... um yeah, and then other coaching uh, possibilities if uh, Mario doesn't decide to hop on with us. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, you know, my sense has always been it's Mario or bust. You know, at least at least over the last week or so, I, I, I've, I've come to that feeling just because of the timing of everything. The fact that they said, um, you know, there'll be a resolution to this by Monday and Manny has continued to be the coach. So to me, I, that's that's why I just think, you know, it just all the the ducks are sort of lined up in a row for them to make their push at Mario, and then and then react to that. Now, again, I've said this on here already. You know, who who knows if there's another coach who's Plan B who's waiting to see if Mario takes it before they before they turn around and give it to Manny. I don't know. I just think from a timing standpoint, it just it just seems pretty hard to see that they would turn around and offer it to somebody else before. You know, we're just going back to Manny. I think in the end, the administration realizes, look, you, you can't have sort of this indecision for so long. So um, it has to be resolved by, by early next week, Monday or Tuesday at the latest. All right. We will go to Ben. Hey ben, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead, Ben. Thanks, Manny. Um I totally agree with sort of the, the narrative. It just makes a lot of sense that they're waiting till, you know, the Pac-12 championship game is over to make the run at Mario. Um, there's just one part of it that I guess either doesn't add up for me or um, just a little I have a question about. And that is, um, while we all know, you know, Mario's history and, you know, what a great city is for the program and the position, you know, this decision is being driven by, at this point, as I understand it, by Julio Frank and his two, you know, the, the two uh, uh, aides of his, his top lieutenants. And, you know, they don't have the same um, history of the program. The, I mean, I'm sure they're obviously familiar with it, but they don't know Mario at all. Um, and they haven't interviewed, you know, any coaches. They're going through a very deliberate 
thorough search for an AD, and yet it seems like they're prepared, you know, to just make a move on Mario Cristobal, who um, it just seems like a very sort of abbreviated process on the coaching side of it that seems inconsistent with the way they're doing the AD search. And, you know, history is replete with examples of, um, of, you know, selections of coaches that have been made without, you know, interviews or, or people who selected coaches based on, you know, what the fans want and administrators and GMs who've lost their jobs by going with the popular fan candidate instead of doing their, you know, their own search. So that, I'm just kind of curious what you're hearing about, I mean, dude, Julio Frank and his top aides, I mean, I'm just wondering where their comfort level with Mario comes from. That's good, good questions, uh, Ben. Um, you know, here's my impression. You know, I, I, I think that while both of his aides haven't necessarily been involved in sports, I do think they're very good at their jobs, and I do think that they've probably done the research on the coach uh, throughout this whole process as well, right? I, I know obviously at one point they fired Blake James and the focus became interviews with athletic directors, but I also know that, you know, they, they Miami, whether it's been Blake James or somebody else in charge of the program, um, you know, board of trustees and different people involved have always reached out to former players and, and people in the NFL like Alonzo Highsmith for advice. And so, you know, that's why I said earlier that, when they were making phone calls for athletic directors, I also think they were making phone calls for, for coaches, you know, and doing their due diligence and finding out who, who would be a good fit, who would realistically come to Miami, who do, you know, who do they honestly believe as an upgrade? And I get it. These aren't sports guys, but they are smart guys. And I think that, um, you know, throughout this whole process, and, and they made it very clear to me, there were two different decisions here. One was the football coach, one was the athletic director, and they weren't necessarily married together in their eyes. So, to me, I think while the focus right now is the athletic director, I do think that they have also um, done their research and, and said essentially that they feel like it's either Mario or Manny Diaz. And, and you know, I, I, my conversation on November 2nd when I sat down face-to-face to talk to some of these people, um, I was basically led to believe that they liked Manny a whole lot. You know, they wanted him to succeed. They didn't want him to fail. Um, but they also knew that um, if he didn't get the job done, they were going to have to make a change. And so I think ultimately the way the season played out, winning five out of the last six gave them reason to to say, well, if we can't upgrade, we'll bring him back. And so that's why I think it's an either or right now. I think ultimately through their conversations, whether it was Alonzo Highsmith, former players, um, you know, search firms, et cetera, uh, other athletic directors, um, I think they ultimately came to the to the decision that, you know, these are their top two candidates and it's 1A and 1B. So that, that's ultimately why I believe it's it's either or at this point. All right, Manny, how many more do you want to take? Well, uh, how many people we got left? We got two left. Let's take those last two and then we'll call it a night. All right, Armando and Shane, stick around. We'll, we'll get to you two, all right? Let's first, let's go to Armando. All right, um... My question is, I saw a tweet earlier that TVD said that he really wants 100, he's 100% bringing back Manny. And it's just, it made me think about the um, idea that, the idea for us to be thinking about of how hard it is on these kids, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a, first of all, Manny has been there longer than any of them that are on the roster, right? As a, At least as the defensive coordinator and then obviously the head coach. And many of the young guys and, and all of the defensive guys have been recruited by Manny in some way. And so um, how important is it, you know, for us as fans to realize that, but two, how, like, bad does it make even, like, those, you know, board of trustees and guys that are doing crazy stuff, you know, leaking stuff to make it look chaotic? How how, how much worse does it make that look, thinking about the, the fact that, you know, TVD, you know, uh, 19, 20 year old kid is asked, having to answer questions about things like this, considering that, you know, they love Manny, you know, he's, he's the one that. Gets- yeah, it's definitely a tough situation for those kids. And, and, you know, um, it, it's interesting, you know, people are like, well, 
why would why would any of these kids want Manny Diaz back? Well, um, because he recruited them, because he believed in them. He gave them the opportunity and, and the scholarship offer to come here. And Manny's a player's coach, you know, sometimes probably to a fault, in my opinion. But he's a player's coach. And I think ultimately, you know, these guys didn't quit on him all season long. So they obviously believe in him. Um, and, and I think a guy like TVD, um, you know, it's only natural for them to want to say, hey, let's bring the coach back. Uh, you know, because the moment you make a coaching change, you really you really never know as a player whether that next coordinator or position coach is going to have it out for you or, or not want you around. And, and, and so for them, you know, any change at this point after the way that they finished the season, winning five of their last six, they view it as problematic. You know, why, why mess with this? We're, we're getting things rolling now. Um, and that's the way that they view it. So I think ultimately, yeah, you're right. I think you know, nobody ever really considers the players. I can tell you this, the administration, the president's office, they absolutely consider the players. And that's why I think Manny, has a shot at keeping his job because they view, they, they saw in person, you know, Rudy Fernandez and Echeverria and all those guys, they went up to Duke, they watched the last game in person and they saw those kids playing for Manny Diaz in person. They, they, they viewed all, they viewed all that and they saw the locker room and the camaraderie. And, and so I think that's why he has a chance to keep his job. Uh, well, Manny, well, it looks like Shane dipped out. So okay. um, we can call it a night. And I mean, I think we can certainly do this. Um, you know, in the future again, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, we think it'd be good. It's good to interact. I mean, uh, certainly I enjoy uh, going on with Carlos and, and doing the podcast week to, uh, every week, but I think this is uh, this is a good way to get people involved and let them ask, ask questions. And, and what I would tell all you listeners is if you want to participate um, and, and have questions come in, but maybe you don't want to ask it in person, you can always email at me or, or, or t- hit me up on Twitter and maybe we address some of them in here because I know sometimes people get shy. They don't want to necessarily step up to the mic. So if anybody wants to mail them in, you can always do that as well. Awesome. All right, Manny. Well, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, everybody follow Manny uh, on The Athletic, follow his work, follow the Wide Right Pod, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. 'll probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM here's how it works download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code the athletic make your first deposit of at least ten dollars Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.